You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another very frustrated and familiar-feeling postgame show after an Indiana Rutgers game, as today your Indiana Hoosiers get punked in Piscataway 63-48 to by the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, the sixth consecutive loss for Indiana in this series. The loss drops Indiana to 7-1 and on the season. Uh, and as the game was wearing down, my wife looked up to me and said, is this a bad loss? Uh, and my response to her was, you know, there's no shame in losing at Rutgers because a lot of teams lose at Rutgers. But the way that we lost was definitely bad, and we are going to get into that and talk about it all on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. And guys, let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And boy, is it a sparse set of choices for this one. Uh, really, I think the only thing that you can talk about uh, and the only bright spot in this game was Miller Cop. Uh, and, you know, in the second half, you know, basically Indiana's last gasp. They were down 33-26. to 26. Uh, Xavier Johnson hustled back in transition, took a nice charge. Uh, Malik Renew came in for Race Thompson, and it keyed a nice little run uh, to where Indiana actually ended up being up a point, uh, if you can believe that, in the second half before Rutgers pushed it out. Uh, but they had three straight possessions where Trace got fouled, hit a free throw. Xavier Johnson hit a three. Miller Cop hit a three. It was 33-33, and it really, for a moment, felt like Indiana might be able to do something. Uh, and of course, Miller Cop's three-pointer was one of five that he made, 21 points. He was clearly uh, the one bright spot for Indiana today, uh, but it was far, far too little on a day where, like I said earlier, Rutgers just manhandled Indiana. At first, it was on the glass, and in the second half, uh, it was just defensively all over the court, uh, and these Hoosiers just weren't ready for the fight today. Uh, you know, and one of the themes that we've talked about in this early season is, are things different? Well, when Indiana won at Xavier, that felt a little different, like a game previous Indiana teams wouldn't have won. Today felt all too familiar, all too, uh, you know, all too similar, uh, and hopefully this Indiana team learned some important lessons from it uh, because this was uh, not a good performance in any way, shape, or form. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Well, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And, you know, I saw they're doing uh, special joggers uh, for the programs that win their conference title games in football. Sorry, Ryan, USC will not be getting any special joggers. Hopefully, uh, Michigan will take care of Purdue later today. Uh, and there will certainly be no special IU basketball joggers uh, after this performance. Uh, but look, Homefield Apparel, if you're looking for where to do your Christmas shopping, highly recommend you go to Homefield because they've got something for everybody. There's 140, 150 different schools represented. They have pulled back old logos from these schools, really celebrate the history and the heritage. And they print them on really nice material. The colors last. And they're just a great company with a really funny uh, social media presence. Uh, they take good care of their employees in Indianapolis. They came in through Kelly. Uh, you know, and there's a reason that we're really proud that they sponsor our show. Uh, and there's so many reasons for you to go support them. Uh, the website is homefieldapparel.com. You can use our promo code HOME. 
and get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Uh, and Coach, we will start with you. It's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Well, the first thing is it, it's one game on the road. You're going to lose some games. Uh, but I will second what you said. It's not losing at Rutgers. It is how Indiana played. And it was miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was atrocious uh, in three main areas. One, coaching. It was just bad. Unprepared for what was happening. Uh, Peichel did a great job. Yep. Totally outcoached Mike Woodson tonight. Totally outcoached Mike Woodson. From the 1-3-1 coming out of timeouts to the sagging defense, and there was no – they've adjusted late with some movement, but it was way too late uh, to do some things to get shooters to basketball. Then you got to go to offensively. Just absolutely atrocious decisions by uh, veterans. Um, uh, hero ball again from the point guard spot. Uh, not moving the basketball, uh, trying to get two in a hurry instead of what was there, taking what was there. Offensively, miserable. Uh, defensive rebounding, miserable. Defense wasn't bad today, 9.94. It kind of got out of control there at the end. But defensively, Indiana was in this game. And, and there are going to be games where you have to do that when your offense isn't clicking. But offense isn't clicking is one thing. Absolutely crappy performance on that side of the ball. And then you don't block out and give 14 second chance points by the what the eight minute mark of the first half. Um, that that's just that's just not how you play if you're a top ten team. And, and that's not how you play if Geo Baker's gonna punk you and say that you're not scared of Indiana. Like this response today is miserable. And I'm this is why drunk. people aren't scared of Indiana. <laughs> I mean that's absolutely right. <laughs> and it it gives the blueprint to everyone in the Big Ten on how you beat this team because it's still heavy double post. It's still heavy. Ball has to get in the lane by the guards, and the guards have to score at the rim for the most part, except for Miller Cop shooting. And there's nothing run for shooters. And Jared, you've been singing this song for a long, long time, and it came to your roost today that Steve Peichel had the game plan to beat Indiana, and they kicked our rear ends. They did. Well said, Coach. Ryan, over to you. Rant time. Yeah, look, as far as a macro view of what this means, I'm not going to really get into that because, again, it's early in the season. It is a road game and a tough place to play. But what's really concerning here is that from the jump, nobody played well other than Miller Cop. I mean, Indiana just didn't show up tonight, and Rutgers – punched them in the mouth. It's the first time they really, I mean, Xavier kind of, they had a rough go at times, but it's the first time they've really been punched in the mouth. And instead of responding with a veteran team that has been through this before and just came off shellacking North Carolina, they wilted, they wilted in the face of pressure. And I mean, basically Rutgers questioned Indiana's manhood and Indiana said, no, yeah, right. You're right. We're not ready for this. And just stepped down. And that was the game. And it's on the leadership of this program. It's on the coaching staff. They were not ready to play when they got, got on that floor. If they were flat, everybody was flat-footed. There was no emotion. Trace Jackson Davis talked about how, you know, he was really looking forward to playing Rutgers because he wanted to beat them. Didn't look like it. 
it didn't look like he was excited for this opportunity. It looked like, yeah, we're on the road at Rutgers. We're probably going to lose. Let's just kind of get this over with. Uh, and then you look at your leadership. Xavier Johnson and Trace Jackson Davis are the engines of this team. Neither one showed up today. Combined, they had 10 turnovers. Xavier had six and Trace had four. Trace mm-hmm. couldn't do anything in the post. I get it. They're doubling him. But he, how many times did he get double teamed and screw up the pass or, 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 or you know, kind of like wilt against that kind of pressure? And it, I mean, it was just up and down the lineup. Guys just didn't care it didn't i mean i know they do care i'm saying how it looked like it just looked like they were okay with losing and okay with getting pushed around there was no response when they took the lead in the second half and they came back and i think they had the lead by one for about 30 seconds yeah but it it still didn't feel like they were going to win the game it didn't feel like they were going to win it felt like Rutgers had taken some bad shots and made some bad plays on offense and indiana nailed some threes for for once you coach is right the defense with what Rutgers shot from this wasn't Rutgers shooting the shooting the lights out. Okay. It was Rutgers hustling and out toughing Indiana from the jump to the final whistle. There was no stretch in there where Indiana outplayed Rutgers. And that's a problem because guess what? Rutgers, it's tough to play there. Rutgers is a good team. Steve Peichel is a very good coach. Rutgers ain't the best team in the Big Ten. You're going to face way better teams. And if you play the way you did tonight against Michigan State, Purdue, uh, what we've seen from like whoever, Illinois, whatever, you're going to get smoked, absolutely smoked. And these guys better take this to heart because, again, they just got questioned. You know, Rutgers asked a big question of them and they answered, no, we are not tough. This is a this was a soft, soft, soft performance. And when you are a veteran team like this, you are not supposed to do that. So Indiana's got to friggin' bounce back from this. And one last note, last year we saw them under Mike Woodson not be able to bounce back from a win, not be able to like follow that up with a good performance. This is another opportunity they had to prove that wrong. And they did not. And you're, you're starting to hope this is, I mean, it's starting to look like a feature, not a bug. And you are hoping that this team can change that. But this, this was bad guys. It was real bad. I, I agree. A lot of it, uh, the soft comments, I, I agree with that the way they played, but what happens is when the defense was set the way it was, and you're a player and you're not being able to get stuff that you're supposed to get for, through practice and scouting, you try – all of a sudden you're you're like a deer in the headlights. Yep. And so that's where the look of not caring. Those of guys course. care. They're connected. Oh, I know they do. I know they, they, they do. I think I'm, they played hard. body language and things yeah. like that. You know, it just – I think they like, actually played like, hard. Oh, they did. This team always but, plays hard. And you know what? They played hard last year all the time too. It's, right. It's just they don't play smart. They don't rise above. You know, when they get smacked around, they don't rise above. And here's the thing. After they got punched early, you should take that personally and turn around and do the same thing to the other team. And instead, they just kept kind of I mean, there was nothing going in the paint. Every time they got in the paint, they were just kind of wilting away. It was I mean, it's sad to watch because you you know how good this team can be. We've talked about it. I praise this team endlessly. Right. I'm going to I'm a switch. I'm going to take your spot, too, uh, on this. Usually after these losses, this is on Coach Woodson tonight. I I would agree. The players didn't play well. No. But this is on Coach Woodson. I, I, I thought, again, there was no creativity to respond to how they were guarding man-to-man, to doing things. Later, they ran this little ghost screen action. One last thing. Uh, cop. Um, but that should have been done at the end of the first half or coming out of the second half. Coming out of the second half, they tried to go inside on their famous rub screen, cross screen action. But they did – when you have a team that's blocks and elbows, which is everyone's got a foot in the lane and they're just daring you to shoot, you got to move them. You yep. can't just run ball screen, two guys in a corner and one guy in a dunker spot. You can't run feed the post and everyone just stand and watch because the defense is already set. 
that's where you have to have more actions. And there wasn't any tonight. And then the kids get in deer in the headlights, and then Xavier cares almost too much, and he goes 9,000 miles an hour and does dumb crap because he's trying to win the game playing freelance basketball against blocks and elbows, and you got to help him. You're driving, and this was you're my concern in the, in the offseason, that he's got to, at times he's got to let him be free when he plays defenses that will allow him to be free, but then he's got to be able to run some stuff when, when there's some actions, when they're struggling, because they're college kids. Yeah, one last point is that when Indiana plays Rutgers, it looks the same every single time. You mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were going to do. You knew exactly how they were going to play. And you knew exactly what they were going to run on offense. You, it, it, it's Take video of the last five games and intermingle it with it. The last time, that, five times they played them and intermingle it with this. It, you couldn't tell the games apart. It is ex- except for there's no Geo Baker. That's the only difference. It is the yeah. They got that new Spencer or Simpson guy yeah. or whatever. He's going to be the new one. Well, it's Lord. it's 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 the exact same formula every time. There was nothing mysterious about what they did, and yeah. Indiana wasn't ready for it. They weren't ready for it. So I was watching the game. My dad came over and he was watching the game. And the thing that we were talking about, the comparison that came to mind is the way that Steve Peichel has built Rutgers is really similar to the way Bill Mallory built Indiana in the mid-'80s. And I know that seems like a strange cross-sport comparison, but you've built it with toughness, with getting kids to believe, which you have to do at a place that doesn't win a lot, and by paying attention to the little details that help you overcome a talent disparity. And that is why Rutgers has won six straight games against Indiana, because of all those things. And that's why all of us on the show really respect Steve Peichel, because he's a really good coach. And I firmly agree. You know, we were texting about this during the game. In the second half, Coach Woodson put C.J. Gunn in the game. I thought it was a perfectly defensible decision to do. Nothing else is happening. You know, you need to make some outside shots. See if he can give you a spark, right? His defense probably isn't ready. Not going to help you on the glass. But what have you got to lose? The problem is he put C.J. Gunn in with X out. And so your only two ball handlers against that defense are C.J. Gunn and Trey Galloway. And the first possession, C.J. Gunn gets it and, you know, dribbles into the lane and loses it. And then he immediately pulls C.J. out of the game. And it's like it's like it was just the the it wasn't thought through. And that's what a lot of the way that Indiana played tonight, it just felt like it wasn't thought through. And instead of helping to put the players in positions or help them kind of get over the hump or, or whatever, nothing really came from the sidelines that helped out. And so in so many ways, it was just an all systems failure, you know, and yeah, that, to me, that that moment just kind of solidified it because it's like that is just a disorganized decision to do that. Jared, the perfect example of what went wrong today is Rutgers had 14 first-half offensive rebounds. That's all just effort and mm-hmm. toughness and wanting it. And Indiana was just allowing them to go straight. They had they had more rebounds at one point. They had more first-half rebounds at one point, uh, uh, offensive rebounds in the first half, than Indiana had total rebounds for a long stretch of the first half. That evened out at the end a bit. But, you know, 14, you give a 14 offensive boards in the first half. They were so lucky to only be down seven. This, this honestly, at the end of this game, it felt like a 30 point loss. Like dude, Omaruyi barely even played and he's he barely played. And, and Trace Jackson Davis couldn't take advantage. Race Thompson he, couldn't take advantage. You know, you know what I mean, this game felt like, honestly, it felt like the IU North Carolina game in reverse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, <sighs> it, it's just, worse. It's just toughness and, and effort. That's all offense. That's all rebounding is. Toughness, effort, and just wanting it. And Rutgers had 14 offensive rebounds in the first half. I mean, just 
that, 14 offensive no rebounds more, in the first 14 minutes of the game. Yeah, there's no yeah. more evidence you need that Indiana didn't show up than that. They, yep. they just didn't They didn't show up. They didn't get off okay, the Okay, but and, and on that point, so we always talk about how it's hard to figure out, like, hey, what do you take from these cupcake games, right? And we look at habits. What was the theme of the first couple games that we talked about? Is this team really a good rebounding team? Right. You know, like they don't really box out. They kind of give up more rebounds than you want. And, you know, it didn't hurt them against Xavier. It didn't hurt them against North Carolina in the two games that matter. But it killed them today. Absolutely killed them because it was a combination of bad habits, bad fundamentals, and then just not even catching the balls that came right to us. You know, it was like everything was going Nobody wrong was on the glass. Nobody was snatching the ball. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, and Rutgers would just fly in and knock it out. Like it was, it, you know, you got to be, again, it's toughness. Grabbing honestly, the ball and getting guys off you was toughness. Yeah, and, and look, we do need to mention, Jalen Huchifino did not play in this game. I don't think his absence was the difference between winning and losing. I do think he would have helped on the glass. I do think it would have helped to have a second ball handler. You know, those things would have helped. But with the way that Indiana played, there's, I don't think one guy is making the difference no, in this absolutely. game. But it, a freshman. In the <laughs> result. It did make a difference. It did make a difference in how Indiana played, but I don't think it would have made a difference in the result. Um let me but. address the, the C.J. Gunn thing and why I have a huge problem with it. I understand they needed to get X back in against the trapping 1-3-1 uh, and, and do all that. But you had a bunch of players who were screwing up all day and got extra chances, extra chances, extra chances, and then you decide oh. to put a young player in, and the first time he drives in, he gets back-tapped and turned over, and then your uh, second primary ball handler dribbles into a bad spot and gets trapped, and they have to call a timeout. Uh, he probably made a mistake, and you, as a coach – your, your subs can't make as many mistakes as your starters. I totally understand that. But when you get one minute of action, uh, when Jalen hood Shafino's out and you're already down to 10, um, that, 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 that's going to, he's going to have to do some massaging of that in the locker room. I'm not saying CJ guns upset, bad, whatever, but man, that, that hurts when you're a player and you're, you watch your team play awful. You finally get a shot, you go in and you make an aggressive move and, and it didn't turn out and you're, you can't coach angry, and I thought that was an angry coaching move. When you coach angry, you don't think through what you said, Jared, uh, what you're doing, and I thought that was an angry move, um, which could have, you know, hopefully CJ's okay and Coach Woodson, a lot of good coaches, I've done it, and then you just got to go back and fix it. Was it, in, in was it angry or disorganized? It, right? I mean, did he take it? I didn't, think he, I didn't think he took him out because he was angry at CJ so much as just like, oh, my God, I forgot to have a ball handler on the court. And put X in. Now, at that point, I thought it would have been interesting to maybe keep CJ in there instead of Trey, go with two shooters. We're over-focusing on this one this one moment, you know, that didn't have a huge impact on the game. But I see no, what you're saying. But, but but it's one of those things where it's just he Coach Woodson didn't have a good game today. No. Uh, and coaches have bad games, you know. Um, and so far, I mean, he does a lot of good things. And uh, this, you know, but this performance tonight by, by the coaching staff and the players is just collectively – uh, really poor, except for Miller Cop. The other thing we need to talk about here in the first segment before we get out is Race Thompson. Yeah, uh, this is the kind of game that you have Race Thompson for. You know, you don't have Jalen Hutchfino, so you know someone's going to have to pick up some extra slack rebounding wise. That's what Race Thompson does, and he's a guy who does dirty work and is supposed to be more at home in kind of a physical type game. And man, he just didn't have it today. And I'm not sure it's a big coincidence that Indiana made its run in the second half when he went out, you know, when he left the game. Um, he just and, and Robbie Hummel was talking about it on the broadcast that he just looked like he didn't have confidence when he got the ball. Um, you know, he wasn't attacking rebounds and loose balls like we've seen. 
you know, and so we've, you know, kind of talked like around this a little bit something. in some games, but, you know, I wonder if now is the time, I don't know if panic is the right word, but I think it's fair to be a little bit concerned because I think this is a game where you need a guy like him to rise to the occasion. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he didn't have it. And it's just surprising because this is a guy that we've seen it so much from him. But at the end of last season and now the beginning of this season, he just he looks like a different player to me. Yeah, he only played five minutes in the second half. And quite frankly, you couldn't justify having him in. You guys know I'm the biggest race Thompson proponent and defender uh, over the last over his entire five year, six years. He's been at Indiana. I've been such a huge fan of the kid and I still am. I think he's a great kid and I think there's so much potential there, but he is not playing well and something is wrong with him. And it has been that way since the exhibition games. Uh, it's just off. And I know there's one game he got 20, but it was usually, it was mostly guards creating dunks for him. Uh, he's, he does no confidence when he gets the ball. He's not playing with his back to the basket. We talked about this, you know, against uh, in the North Carolina game. They're not giving him opportunities to the back to the basket because Malik Renault was in renew is right there. They're not going high, low with him at all, which they should have done today. They should have tried some of that today against that zone. I know it was packed in, but, at least get the ball to the high post and see if that opens some things up. They didn't. I don't think they did that once against. The they zone. did it once and then went back to it in the first half against the man. They they uh, traced through a ball down low uh, to race to go go to work. Um, but 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 offensively, he has he has no confidence. He's not shooting. He's not attacking. He's not doing anything. And when he shoots threes, I'm sorry, his motion is fine. He's fading back, which tells you you have no confidence. You're he's not in rhythm. He's he's hesitating. He's yeah, hesitating I mean, every. And by the way, yeah, if you the hesitation. Hesitate, don't shoot it if you. Hesitate. Yeah, you hesitate. You're going to miss the shot. If you don't think yeah. you should take the shot, if there's any agree. doubt in your mind, you shouldn't take the shot. You shouldn't take the shot. Uh, maybe one or two of those will go in. But look at Miller Cop today when he shot. He caught it and went up. That is. The only way you're going to consistently make shots as a shooter. Uh, and, and so I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's, you know, if he's got some injury we don't know about or, or whatever. I, I mean, there's no indication of that. Um, but he's been out of it since we have seen them this year. And I, I don't know what it is. And it's a big piece of the puzzle that Indiana is missing because Quite frankly, I think he needs to be in the starting lineup with Trace Jackson Davis because they complement each other so well when they're playing well. And I think that it also Malik Renew needs to be coming off the bench because he, you need that extra punch off the bench that you really don't have right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on, guys. I really don't. I think it is time to start wondering about that. I said, let's wait till the end of December, see if he gets into the season. No, it, after today, it's time to start wondering because that he guy earned, just, he, he's earned a long benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he's given the program. Absolutely. But absolutely. absolutely. He like we still going last, forward to the last yeah. two seasons. We've talked about him being probably Indiana's most important player at time and for long stretches of both those seasons. He'd being yeah. the most important player on the floor this year. He's been a ghost. He's been an afterthought, and I love Ray Thompson, but but he's got to start. He's got to step up for this team. He's a senior. He's a veteran, and we know what he can do. There's no question he can be a huge asset to this team. He just hasn't been so far this year. We are we are starting two centers. To be honest, to be brutally honest, Race is a five. He's not a four. Uh, he can't. He 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 he's not good off the bounce, creating for someone else, driving to the rim. Uh, he's not going to beat someone off the dribble. He can hit a three, but he's really not a stretch four. So 
that goes back to the roster of the last seven years where we've had post player, post player, post player, post player. Uh, and, and I've talked about modern basketball. Your fours have to be able to do a variety of things. And we're, we're kind of asking him to do something Probably where in is. previous years there was a lot of the, the, the double post, the high-low stuff that they worked. And Coach Woodson's now gone to more uh, of a, a, of a four-around, the four true four-around one. Well, and, and, and it's the same thing with Malik Renu. We have five, we have three fives to to be brutally honest. Really, in college basketball, really, Geronimo could be. Geronimo can't play on yeah. the perimeter. He showed that today. I mean, he's and, you know we love his energy and his effort and everything. And Peichel took advantage of it. Peichel stayed that guy inside at the rim and said, "Race Thompson, you beat us from three. And, and Race didn't catch ready to shoot. He caught. And the other thing is, we are so so dominant on getting the ball to TJD, even under Coach Woodson, that their first thought is get the ball to TJD instead of I'm catching my guys off me, I'm hitting it in his eye and going to hurt. Other than Miller Cop, uh, it is all uh, – and I love going through TJD, and you that's your primary focus. But right now, tonight, it was we got to get it to him, we got to get it to him, we got to get it to him. Uh, and, and, and race has to be freed up. Again, to just shoot well, on the, here's on the, the thing, catch. If, if you want, and, like, and, I, and I know a lot of people, and I, I read online, they're saying, like, well, it's time for Malik Renew to replace Race in the starting lineup. That doesn't change anything. He's a, he's a no, five. Same two. problem. If he you're going to change anything, problem. you slide Miller to the four and try playing yes. a little bit that way. And, and be There's the adjustment, side. Jared, that should have happened tonight. And yeah, I know I it gave it would give IU a little bit of a. Um, some of size those, that four, yeah, size disadvantage. They run some cross screens for the Mahook guy or whatever, but. I would have tried that too. Put cop there and and bring in another shooter. Uh, that's where I was calling for CJ Gunn too. I know he's not ready to play, probably totally, but, but you got to have guys that can put the ball in the basket against that defense. Was you got to shoot from outside and then go back inside. Yeah. I mean, look, if your move today was you have to go to CJ Gunn for a spark, things yeah. were going bad, and that's not a negative Correct. on CJ. He, you know, CJ has been better than I thought, you know, and he was not put in a position to succeed today. So this is not a knock on him right. at all. No. It was just nothing was working today. So let's exhale real quick. No. We're going to go to segment it. two. This team is seven and one. I know it's very disappointing. I do think this is going to be one of those games where, you know, let's see where we are a month from now. We may look back at this as, hey, this was just one bad night, flush it, and, you know, this isn't what this team is. Or this could be the canary in the coal mine and a harbinger of things to come. We don't know. I think it's just, you know, we all have some, you know, PTSD, for lack of a better term, playing Rutgers. And I think the the reason why this game is so disappointing is because a lot of us came into it thinking things are different because that's been a narrative. But today, just reverse that narrative, which is what's so disappointing, rightfully so. So I think it's it's fair to be very upset and disappointed. I do think it's also fair to say, hey, let's be a little patient. This team is still 7-1. and one. They lost a road game. It's not the end of the world. Both of those things are true. But, boy, it's going to be important now what this team does moving forward. You know, obviously, you got to take care of business against Nebraska. you got some tough games coming. But now, as we start going on the road in the Big Ten, there are going to be fair questions about how this team is going to handle adversity until they actually start showing us that they can do it. And today they didn't. And that's why it's just devastatingly frustrating watching that game. Jared? I'm sorry, you reminded me the other night, Friday, to remind us all to take a deep breath if this happens against Rutgers. But Rutgers could be our kryptonite, right? It's just that, and, and Wisconsin's going to play the same way. They're going to yeah. muck it up, right? And, and I would, just got you know, the blueprint, yeah. 
when we play North Carolina, they're going to come out and guard us, and then we can beat them in the lane. Teams that come out and pressure and do that kind of defense, we can beat them, and we're going to be fine. But, boy, we've got to find a way to play against the Rutgers, the Wisconsins, those teams that are going to muck up the lane. And honestly, we got some open looks from three in the second half and just didn't make them. And it would it could have changed the complexion of the game. It wouldn't have changed anything about the toughness, but it could have changed the scoreboard there toward the end. And oh, we they just had didn't plenty make any good of those looks, either. And they had a so, number that were in and out. They had, they had about six that were in and out, too. And, but it doesn't matter. you got to make those. I know. I mean, All right. Here we go. Coming up, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's disappointing loss to Rutgers, we'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed. We'll briefly go inside the numbers. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Because I just don't think there's many numbers that matter today. Uh, to highlight the important statistical notes, you're listening to the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, this is Max Bielfeld, Big Ten champ and better than advertised sixth man of the year in 2016. And speaking of better than advertised, join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Max. You know, I teed that one up at halftime. Thinking back to the 2016 game where Max Bielfeld basically saved us at Rutgers, and I was going to make the comparison about how Miller Cott played the Max Bielfeld role today. Uh, the senior stepping up, having a great game to save Indiana at Rutgers. And he did. It doesn't take anything away from Miller. He did his job today, but no one else stepped up. Uh, but thank you, Max. Uh, you're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Uh, and it's the start of segment two, which means it is time for... Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Yes. Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. So, gentlemen, for my first meaningful moment, I want to go back to uh, about midway through the second half when, frankly, the game was still hanging in the balance. You know, I mentioned in the banner moment, Indiana ties it at 33. They eventually take a one-point lead. Well, it was 40-37. to 37. Rutgers was ahead. Uh, and coming out of a timeout, Steve Peichel took his freshman. What, was the freshman Spencer or uh, who was that guy? No, Simpson, Derek Simpson, the freshman. And basically just had him iso Tamar Bates and said, you go beat him. And he beat him. And he... Yep. You know, just took him in, had a little nice step back. Uh, and it's not that Tamar wasn't playing hard on defense, but he just had no answer for him defensively, and the kid made a great shot. Came back down the next possession, hit a big three in transition, 45-37. Basically was the dagger 
uh, of the game right there. Because, again, Indiana had kind of battled back and had showed a little brief fight. They were getting rebounds. They were getting loose balls. And it's almost like those shots just kind of took, you know, the wind out of Indiana's sails. Um, and, you know, both of those shots were against Tamar, uh, who I thought struggled today on both ends. Um, he got beaten back door, you know, struggled defensively. Um, and, you know, obviously those, those were, uh, were pivotal plays, you know, and I thought, uh, from an offensive perspective, you know, Tamar had a couple of good looks from three, uh, but also, you know, took three or four long twos that really just, I don't think he's quite earned the right to have that green light yet. Um, and you know, those early long twos, uh, you know, not going to be real beneficial for the offense. Um, but from a defensive perspective, I just thought, I thought it was great coaching by Steve Peichel. And I thought he showed trust in his young guy and that guy stepped up, you know, kudos, you lose a game like this. Sometimes guys step up that you don't necessarily expect. Um, and that guy played really well. He was plus 24 for Rutgers today, uh, when he was on the court and Indiana just didn't have an answer for him at the pivotal moments in the game. And that, that moment right there to me really swung it. And sometimes, Basketball comes down to individual guys making plays in isolation situations. That guy made him. We didn't have an answer for him defensively and ball game. Uh, what moment I will go, stood out I, for you guys? I'm going to just follow up on that. Right before that 7-0 run, which were all Bates's guy, um, there was a, a switch that was mishandled. And I, I know Cop was the one who did it right, but it, it ended up he left the ball and chased down the guy, so it makes him look bad, but – Whoever was supposed to switch did not switch, and they threw it back to the corner and hit a three. Indiana had taken the lead, and then Rutgers takes the three right back. So there's a five- or six-minute dominating performance right before your meaningful moment. And because of a lack of attention and communication or understanding, it wasn't Miller because Miller was locked in on both ends. And I'm sorry that I don't know exactly who it was. But what happens is when you work your way back from down seven, You've got to now be just as locked in to go up five or six, and now it's a different ball game. But what that did is that gave them some breath, right? That gave them a little bit of, okay, I can get back in the game. Just one possession can be key like that. The next possession was that back door that you talked about. Uh, and and then there was a break, and then they isoed, and that next thing you know, it's now a six, seven-point lead, and that was probably the ball game, as you said. But it's so important that you use so much energy to get caught back up. you got to use that same amount of defensive energy uh, that you had most of the game. But that lapse right there was the only poor segment of defense, and it really cost Indiana because it gave Rutgers momentum. The other moment uh, is when it was 53-44. to 44, And again, yep. Indiana, again, kind of had a little bit of – a slight bit of momentum – they had a breakaway to Trace. He clearly gets fouled by Mulcahy. And, I mean, you know, the ref was... who's down there by the basket is blocked off. He didn't see oh, it. That's no excuse. The call needed to be made. It was obvious. Uh, it was but looking yes, directly that's, at it. That's what I'm saying. Someone has yeah, to make that call because it was, an obvious, it was an obvious foul. Yeah. Now, does that change anything? I don't know. But if he goes and makes a couple free throws and it's a seven-point game, it felt in the moment like it could be a momentum shifting play. It doesn't yeah, happen. Well, Indiana goes back and gets fouled. And it was it was five. There was five twenty two left. They were down nine, as you said. And it, let's just say he makes both free throws. I mean, TJD was awful at the free throw line. Today. It was three of six. Um, but let's say he makes both, so that cuts it to a seven point game. Instead, what happens is they. Rutgers goes back down and gets fouled and goes to the free throw line. Now the guy missed the free throws, but that completely calmed any momentum that Indiana had. Cause that was a yeah. steal by Galloway and a breakaway that yeah. again can change momentum. And that was honestly, that was as obvious a foul as we've seen all year. I mean, that was yeah. so clear and it looked it like, so okay, bad. he was actually kind of trying to foul him, you know, yeah. and you know, to make sure he didn't get the layup. And 
I think they were shocked that they didn't call it quite frankly. And then they played mm-hmm. it. I mean, that was, that was as bad a missed call as we've seen this year. Yeah. I, my Any meaningful moment. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, sh- that should have been done more and more on offense, it just kills me. They weren't even guarding race at the free throw line. Right. So uh, the, whether it was zone, I don't think it was zone, but it was that saggy man-to-man. So the ball enters, uh, race flashed, which was good. But then he was real hesitant to go high-low, and, and he just held on to the ball. And Miller Cop is, like, wide open. Like, there's no one. Because they sent three guys to Trace. So I thought Trace played okay, given the fact that he had no room. Like, no one helped him tonight. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'll give TJD – I am not upset with TJD at all. Uh, because you can't operate with three guys unless other people play better and it forces a change in the defense. But the guy kind of is halfway between race. They're fronting or Trace, Jackson Davis, and race, and then they're fronting TJD, and then Miller's guy on the lob went and tried to deflect it. So when if he caught it, there's three guys. I mean, it was a bad choice. And, and so in the timeout, you should have said, run that same action and then kick it opposite to Miller. Like they're selling out three guys on TJD, but race through it there. You got to help race at that point. We're running the same thing and we're kicking it out and Miller cops going to hit three straight threes. And then Pico's going to take a timeout and they're not going to send three guys. And then we can go to TJD. Um, But I I thought that was a moment there that we missed as a coaching staff because we didn't go to that anymore. Yeah. You know, there was another, oh shoot. I don't, I don't remember where it was in my notes. Oh, who cares? Oh, okay. When it, no, no, no. When it was, <laughs> I know. Damn, damn, damn. No, but I was, I was trying to remember when. It was 52 to 40, and they finally ran a little ball screen with Trace. X hit him on a roll to make it 52-42, and Hummel even mentioned it on the broadcast. Why aren't we doing more of that? Get Trace out, get him on the move, instead of just the stagnant stuff on the block. That's where I think we were all rightfully frustrated that it just they didn't, didn't seem elbow like catches. enough adjustments. and yeah. And they didn't run Get pick them and roll elbow at all. catches. And they didn't run pick and roll at all. And I know that's hard when you're when they're crowding the paint to do a pick and roll, but at least it gets the defense moving instead of just yes. a straight post up. You know, I mean, you get things going. Have Trace, you know, how often did Trace come out to, you know, beyond the three point line to set a screen? You know, that, that was our entire offense against North Carolina. That did not happen today at all. And yeah. again, there might not be driving lanes. There might not be room to throw him a bounce pass in the paint or something like that, but at least it makes the defense move. And yeah. there was one possession they, early in the second half. I think it was second half where Johnson came up and just dribbled it for 20 seconds, passed it to race. And there was, you know, seven seconds left and race was like, what do I do with it? I'll just take a three. And that was the offensive possession. And that was sort of, I realized that what, that was probably the worst one of the day, but that was kind of a microcosm of what they were doing was just not. Absolutely. Much. Absolutely. Yeah. Now late with about seven, eight minutes, they started running some stuff. Like they put, uh, they got a side ball screen with Trace Jackson Davis. Yep. They they run that uh, guard ball screen, Miller cop ball screen, where he we call it a ghost screen, where he fakes and then he flares yep. out on his own. Uh, they they got a couple catches in the middle of the lane without the the ball screen. But why did you wait until about nine or ten minutes to make those adjustments? That's my question. Like, like they did it, but way too late. When you come out like this, as flat as they did, it's on the coaches to find, especially offensively. It's on the coaches to yes. find ways buckets to get to get your team into the game get them engaged and and they over trusted the guys to be on their own tonight and, you have and it, to, it you wasn't cannot, working you cannot be stubborn in your system you you have to you know if you say this is the way we're going to attack this is what we practiced all week when you come out and it's not working you have to say okay 
let's figure something out. Let's change something else. Even if we're going to stay in this system, let's run a couple plays that are different, get Rutgers off balance. Then we go back to what we're going to do or something. You have to make adjustments and coaches have to adjust to games. They have to, I mean, it's like when a guy has foul trouble and a new guy comes in, you got to change what you're doing, right? You know, sometimes you have to have an adjustment in your back pocket at all times. And, and, you know, Woodson in two years, we, ha- we haven't seen him do that a lot, but we, when he does make adjustments, they tend to work. I mean, th- that when, when they got the offense moving in the second half, they got some open looks. They missed them, but they had some, you know, stuff was happening. I, That's, you're right, Coach. It should have been gone yeah. to way before. Or, or, and one of the things where, where to defend Woodson a little bit, he was kind of, uh, without Hood Shafino, he couldn't pull X and calm him down. Understandable. And, and get, yeah. So that there was an adjustment that was taken especially from him because of back spasms, right? Especially in that environment. Trey Galloway, yeah. love him to death. I don't love him as a ball handler in that environment. I don't either. He get he gets sped up. Tamar not at the not, point. Yeah. Tamar is not a primary ball handler. He's done well this year when he's been in that situation, but in that atmosphere against that pressure, no, no absolutely not. So yes, that did hamstring what you can do. But they were getting it into the half court with a point guard who can be an all conference player. You got to find something to do. Yep. It, it reminded me a little bit of the Wisconsin where, where X started just going um, and, and offense wasn't run and it was yeah. just trying to be – you can't beat blocks and elbows, five guys with feet in the lane, by just driving at it and then throwing stuff way, up. Quite frankly. No. Right? It doesn't matter what You've got to pull them out. Yep. And you pull them out with actions. All right, guys, let's talk numbers. And actually, as I've reviewed these, there are some interesting numbers, I think, uh, to talk about. Numbers that won't surprise people. You know, when Indiana has played well this year, Ryan, you mentioned easy buckets. There was nothing easy today. The majority of the credit for that goes to Rutgers because they played really hard. They made everything uncomfortable. Um, That's a really good defensive team. That's a team that entered this game one spot ahead of Indiana in adjusted defensive efficiency. So as good as we thought Indiana's defense was, Rutgers – was even ranked a little bit better. Um, and that's having played some games without some of their best players. Um, so their defense is really good. It was going to be hard. And one of the things they took away from Indiana was fast break points. You know, how has Indiana compensated for not being a high-volume three-point shooting team? They've gotten buckets in, fa- in fast break situations. Today, three fast break points. Indiana has also gotten a lot of points in the paint, whether it's on fast break, Trace Jackson Davis, yeah. guards it, driving. It, Only 14 points in the paint today. And the other one that, you know, I think is really worth mentioning is Indiana got six points off the bench. And we've talked a lot about depth for this team. And I think this team does have some talented, interesting pieces when it comes to depth. But this is now the second road game because it happened at Xavier where the bench didn't give you a ton. And it happened tonight where the bench didn't give you a ton. You know, I still believe in these guys. And I think we're going to see in home games, you know, your, your bench and your role players tend to play better in home games. Yeah. Who's going to be the bench guy that shows he can be reliable on the road? Because you're only as deep, you know, on the road as your bench guys that can actually step up and take that heat. And right now we haven't had anybody who has stepped up to do that. You know, Renew has struggled in the two road games. You know, Trey today goes, you know, tried his hardest, of course, as we know from Trey. Uh, and actually all these guys, uh, you know, even tomorrow the defense, it wasn't effort, you know, but it wasn't production and that's what you need on the road. You know, Trey goes over three, uh, Geronimo's over five and had a couple of good looks. He wasn't able to knock down tomorrow. One for seven, those guys just weren't able to get it. And again, I credit a lot for Rutgers, but at some point, someone from the bench is going to have to step up in a tough road game. You know, you can't put all of that on the starters, especially when, you know, when race is a starter, uh, and really struggles. You know what you do to stop transition uh, offense? You crash the boards. 
And Pico had his guards go to the basket. And what did we see? We saw Geronimo leaking out. Our four leaking out on a defensive possession yep. to get out on the fast break on a closeout instead of going back and trying to help out. That, when that's you crash just the bad. Boards, when you crash the boards like that, you have to keep everybody in. Nobody can break yep. out. And yep. your defense, it's easier to recover on. And, and, but this team is going to struggle when they can't get out in transition because agreed. they can't get extra points from the three-point line. Right. Exactly. But you got to get oh, stops exactly. and you got to rebound yeah. before yeah. you can run. And with yeah. 14 first-half offensive rebounds, there were no opportunities to run. No, and that's a Pico that's decision I mean. to send everybody to the glass. Now that could have backfired if we rebound. Yeah, if we because if they if don't Trace have is dominating the boards. If Race is dominating the boards, you can get those those guards because they're not back in ball. transition defense. But boy, that was great strategy. We're going to send our guards and everyone there and just get points ourselves, but stop Indiana from from getting those easy baskets. All right, yeah, Ryan, you have numbers. I do have a number, 47 to 33 in the rebounding edge for Rutgers. They beat Indiana by 14. I mean, that's, again, that's a shot at your manhood, at your toughness, and your effort. They took Indiana's lunch on the boards, and that was the game for me. And a lot of that was was. the first 15 minutes of the game. I mean, it's just how the two teams came out. And and it set the tone. It absolutely set the tone. The other thing I want to say is, you know, a lot of times when Indiana loses like this, it's because they lose at the three-point line. That's what we've seen. When they lose a road game, they lose at the three-point line. Indiana was 6-25. Rutgers was 6-21. They didn't lose any points on the three-point line. It was in the paint. It was, you know, at the free throw line, 13 to 8 in made free throws. Um, But you also got to look at, we've talked about the defense. You know, Rutgers didn't score a point per possession. They shot 36.7% from the field. They shot 28.6% from three-point range. They shot 68% from the free throw. It's like they were draining all their free throws either. This was a massive opportunity for Indiana to steal one. Uh, Had they come out hard and played this way defensively and figured anything out on offense, they could have easily stolen this game, given the way Rutgers played. Rutgers played very good defensively. Offensively, they weren't that great. I mean, they really weren't. You look at it, they made a couple big shots. You know, uh, uh, Simpson made a couple big shots, whatever. But, I mean, McConnell was 4 of 12 from the field. You know, Hyatt was 5 of 12. They weren't, you know, nobody went off for them, really. And and so, again, just a, a missed opportunity for Indiana to get something because they played good defense. They just couldn't do anything offensively, and that needs to change. Mm-hmm. This was an offensive loss, a, a total, yes. total offensive miserable performance all the way around. Um, and then rebounding, obviously, your ne- rebounding numbers are, were the other thing. But they took six charges, or six, seven charges. Like, yep. I, I think this is great defense. X was and and usually, usually this will help you win in tough scenario, in scenario situations on the road. So that's that's probably the positive that we should take away is, like, they didn't really dog it defensively. No. They dogged it rebounding a little bit. Um and is there some physical reasons why you're going to have to watch the tape and figure out, are you yep. blocking out? Do the guards need to go back and do more? We talked about it all the time, though. Guard rebounding has to be important. Um, but, boy, the offense, the, just the lack of execution offensively. And the but that's why I think it's fair. That's why I think it's, I think it's fair to be more frustrated with the coaches in this game. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. You know, because they just, they just again, in a position to win. Yeah, because the guys brought – I mean – the guys brought the toughness on defense, not necessarily on the glass, although they got better as the game went on. But they just – You hold the team to 63 points in college basketball, you should win the game. Yes. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. I agree. I agree. And, and look, you know, the offense did present some three-point shooting opportunities in the second half, and we didn't knock them down. And this is kind of one of those games where you would like to have a, hey, we didn't play well, but we shot well type game that saves you. 
Uh, and this team just isn't capable enough right now from the three-point line, which is one reason why that three-point percentage – we talked about this. Don't trust three-point percentages that are amassed in comfortable shooting situations at home. You know, in Indiana's three tough games, they have not shot well from a percentage basis at the three-point line. Four for 12 against Xavier, three for 13 against North Carolina, six for 25 today. This team still has a problem three-point shooting-wise. The volume was fine today. You know, 25 shots, that's what Rutgers was going to give you. Um, but, you know, when they make you uncomfortable and now you're shooting a little bit uncomfortable and only Miller Cop was able to handle that. And, the other, and actually, I mean, X made his one and the other ones were kind of inside out, you know, one for four. That's going to yeah, weren't bad. Law of averages hit him a little bit. But the other guys, you got to be able to step up and knock some of those down in a game like yeah, this. Tamar hits no one of good. his. Trey Galloway hits one of his. Trace hits one of his. Erase hits one of his. It's, it's a different game. You know, yeah. I mean, it's nine points right there. Yep. Okay, well, let's keep going here. We're going to go on to our final segment. We will hand out our Game Balls and Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss a few lingering questions, and then we will look ahead to what awaits Indiana next week. That is next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Thank you, Nick. You are listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Getting close to 10,000 fans on that list. Join for free at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's 15-point loss to Rutgers today. And it is time for our game ball, presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. And by the way, Allie posted in the community, uh, James got her tickets to the IU North Carolina game for her birthday. That is is good work as a husband right there, James. We applaud you uh, for that because that is an excellent gift, a fun game to be at, certainly a more fun basketball experience than today was. Uh, you can learn more about them at bloomenviro.com, and when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services. 23, of course, in honor of TJD, bloomenviro.com. Uh, game balls, uh, this segment will be an ode to Miller Cop. so let's all go around and say some nice things about Miller Cop. Hey, Ryan Cop. Miller Cop has taken a lot of grief from the IU fan base. People questioning, should he start? Should he this? Whatever. That dude works really hard. He's a leader. He's very well respected on the team and by the coaching staff. And this is why you have him because he can shoot the ball. And this is why you had him last year. I know he struggled and he hasn't, you know, had a ton of, you know, opportunities this year necessarily. The last couple of games, he really hasn't shot any threes. Uh, but tonight he stepped up. Today he stepped up. And and you know what? That's why you have him. And kudos to him. Didn't do much the last two games. Came in today on fire. You know, it's not like he let that be a hangover for him. And, yeah. and five and nine from three. Probably had two that went in and out as well. He was in rhythm all day. And then he's been playing good defense, too. I mean, against North Carolina, he stepped in. And, and played pretty well uh, defensively. I think he's become a much better defender. And he was the only guy who got off the bus today for me. I I loved what he did and and hope he can carry that momentum forward. Even even though we want to wipe everything else from this game away from our memories, Milikop hit hit some big shots for this team, and I think he can do it in the future too. Also, grab three offensive rebounds as well. 
One of the easiest ways I know to just dismiss someone's opinion on Twitter is when they come at me with some of the dumb Miller Cop uh, takes that we see. And I get it. You know, people just look at a box score and they're like, well, he didn't show up against North Carolina. That's Watch not the game. it. Miller Cop, Miller Cop is a guy who's going to take what the game gives him. This is why we've been saying we kind of wish the offense would force the issue a little bit and get him some more looks. But today the game was, hey, we're going to let Miller Cop beat us. And he did everything he could to try and beat him. His first half performance, it actually reminded me of what Zeisloff did against Minnesota. Remember that? I think it was 2015 or 2016 when Zeisloff hit like five threes, had that one where he's like fading out of bounds and made it and kind of saved our bacon against Minnesota when no one else was playing well. And that's what Miller did today. You know, and you're right. It's the effort. It's the leadership, you know, and today his number was called offensively and he stepped up. He needed one other shooter to be able to do it. But he's the guy who's been reliable. And I tell you, coach, you know, he struggled with a shot last year, but you can tell how much work he must have put in this offseason because he is a different guy with a different level of confidence. And, you know, for the first time in a while, we've got a shooter that when it goes up, you think it's going in. Because I think all IU fans right now think when Miller Cop shoots it, he's making it. And he's earned that because of the way that he shot so far this season. Yeah, he, he had a, um, a great night. You called it, uh, said it was going to be a Miller Cop tr- uh, kind of game. And, and it was, and he was ready. Uh, and, and then that helped him off the bounce, too. I mean, he was aggressive. And, that you pump, know, that uh, shot fake and mid range pull up is, is great, is yeah. gorgeous for him. And if he's able to do that, then here's my question. Why don't we try to get him going early? Like, you know, Trace is going to be there, <laughs> right? Know. And, and you, you, we all know countless, <laughs> countless teams that we've watched where, okay, maybe you go to your three, four guys or your secondary scorers first because everyone's game planning for your stud. Then three or four minutes in, now you go back to your stud a little bit. But um, it's not like – it's almost criminal now that he only got three shots in the last two games. Um, I don't blame him ad- for that. That's the thing. Oh, you know, no, I'm not. He's going to shoot it. Yeah. But, but, I, but there's the fans that th- that's the thing. Like with him, I don't think it's if he only gets three shots Well, Miller cop didn't show up. I don't think no. that's it. This guy's 24 years old. He's a veteran. Takes what the game gives him. I agree with you completely, coach. I think you got to force the issue a little bit and get this guy some shots. Yeah, so, and, and, and the bottom line is if he's not hitting shots, then you got better options off the bench, I think, for defensive purposes and driving or whatever. But go to him early with mm-hmm. a set or two. And I know you got to look at the catch-and-shoot threes versus the off-the-move threes and all that analytical stuff. The guy can shoot. Run a play to get him a shot, whether it's a set shot, just a set in the corner or a flare screen or something. Get, show confidence in him. Um and, and and get him some looks early and then judge if he's on yeah. you, you can ride him and do some things if not then you go some because you know for sure Trace Jackson Davis is going to be there and and and, and you know uh, that X is probably going to be there more times than not and Hood Shafino you you know that get the kids some shots um in my opinion I, he's over fifty percent from three on the year I mean yes what do you want. I mean, what, what do fans want? They got to get him shots. And we talked about it last year. They got to run action to get him shots sometimes, too. Just, you know, and Woodson has said repeatedly he likes standing shooters. He likes guys who stand out there to try and space the defense. But guess what? When that's not working, run action to get him shots, get him looks because he can hit him. He's hitting over 50%. I, you know, I, it, or, not, not getting shots up is not his fault. He's ready to shoot when he gets the ball. When he's on, like tonight, why wait just for him to sit there? and someone to break down and kick out for a three, why not say he's hot and run something for him in a game where you're not having success on offense? 
I just think it's – I just very – and I'm pro-coach. Like, I, I I mean, I'm pro-coach, and I've argued with all of you here after games about adjustments and all that. Today, not so much. I, I just – I'm very disappointed in 48 points or whatever we scored and just the way we, we approached offense. And, and Miller was fantastic. He, he had a brush with greatness the other night at, in the postgame, I, I thought. Uh, and, and, and I think – so – he was clearly inspired by sitting next to He was to clearly inspired that he didn't want to turn out like me, right? I saw that poor sap at there, wanted a selfie, and I got to go out and get some buckets so the ladies will start doing, you know, whatever. Uh, Great night, that's, Miller. That's Great funny. night. We're going to need it because uh, teams are going to sag off and, and play this way. We're going to need you. Uh, keep it going. Yep. All right. Time now for the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, Visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Time now, gentlemen, for the Hoosier Hustle Award. By the way, so I just popped over to the chat mob. Very excited to see so much pro Miller cop talk here uh, in the chat. One person talking about how he's the heart and soul of the team. High basketball IQ. Thank you. Great teammate. I have... Anyway, I got to get off Twitter during losses because I just see things that are just so ridiculous. Um. All right. Who's you your hustle? Just stopped, award? and I got to get off Twitter. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Really. <laughs> it's not real life. Um. All right. Who's your hustle award? Now, are, do we have a rule? Do, does someone different need to get this? Because I kind of feel like Miller Cop should win this one too. I would give it to Miller Cop. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't see who else on the team you could really. It give has it to. been a rule, though. I think because <laughs> we don't. We're not allowed to vote for. All right. Here's here's what I'm going to say. Right? Here's what I'm going to say. Xavier Johnson did not play well today. He made bad decisions. Xavier Johnson did hustle today. Took three charges. You know, the the problem was not effort. And so maybe we shouldn't be so quick to flippantly say, well, there's only one guy who could win the hustle award. Honestly, a lot of guys hustled. You know, they didn't play smart and they weren't in a position to score and the offense stunk. But guys did play hard. This wasn't just a complete capitulation. You know, it was just a team that was kind of seem clueless about how to attack a really well-coached team. Um, so since we – I would give it to Miller, but to throw it out to somebody else, I am going to acknowledge X. Not because he played well, but because he was willing to put his body on the line consistently taking charges and kind of doing, you know, his stuff. I mean, it, again, this was – I think it's you're right, Coach. It gave you shades of that Wisconsin game where it's like, God dang it, nothing's working, so I'm just going to go try to do stuff. Right. And, yeah, that's on X, but – you know, gosh, that's got to be a little bit on, you know, kind of the system that's being run that day, which just isn't isn't opening up many opportunities. So I'm going to throw out a vote for X for Hustle Award. Coach, you I, I like that. I like that because he had four steals, uh, four assists. Uh, and, and I think you could go that way. The other guy that I think you could say is is Trey Galloway because of how hard he plays. Uh, he had five rebounds, one assist, no turnovers. 
and a steal in, in, in 30 minutes. He, he didn't score, but if hustle is a combination of, of rebounding uh, and, and some other things, I thought he had a stat line. So I'm going to throw out uh, Trey Galloway, but I think X and Trey both can be considered for this um, in a loss. I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to mention that the IU men's soccer team won two to nothing is going back to the college cup. Hey, hey okay. Oh, there we go. I mean, we got some I, good I soccer could, news today. If I could give my hustle award to them, I would, um, I guess X, if we can't vote for Miller cop, I, I guess X, I, um, I, I did think the effort was there from him, but I, yes. you know, I did think yeah. he made some really poor decisions. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, I'm, I'm seeing in the chat, a lot of this, you know, hustle award, no one, no one deserves the hustle award. This is this is a moment where I think we've got to take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and step back. You know, this team did not go out there and just they did not play as tough as Rutgers. You know, and there can be coach I think we've talked about this before. There's a difference at time between playing hard and playing tough. You know, like there's just and Indiana didn't have the toughness on the glass and some of those things that you want to see and I totally get that. You know, it's not it's not saying that they did. But Again, I, I think it was more, Coach, that this team came out and got punched in the mouth, and some of the things that they've been doing were taken away. And they they look to me like a team, honestly, kind of like they did a lot under Archie Miller, where they didn't really believe in what they were doing or know what they were doing. And like you said, had a bit of a deer-in-the-headlights type look. You know, Now, they've got, with this many seniors, I think you know some of that is on the players. You've got to bring some of that toughness. But I'm not – this isn't one of those games where I'm just, like, throwing my hands up and I'm mad at all the guys. You know, like, they've got to do better. I'm sure they realize that. But, you know, they went out there and gave some effort. It just wasn't with the toughness and the, you know, commitment to an offensive purpose that you needed to win a game like this. So that's disappointing. Hey, but I just – yeah, every. Everyone plays hard in the game of basketball. You could say they needed to play harder, like blocking out and going and get rebounding. Like they didn't play hard enough. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, okay. But you got to add to it, they didn't play smart. Not uh, at all. It wasn't their effort wasn't as focused as what Rutgers' what effort was. Um, 100%. Give you that. And that's that's where you put your criticism on on the young men. Is you on the road? It's got to be at another level, and it wasn't tonight, and it cost you. But. Um, yeah, that's, that's where you need it. guidance. That's where you need guidance and coaching to try to elevate that. And sometimes coaches can't get that uh, until the next game, right? So yep. you got to be fair there as well in any criticism of coaching because sometimes it's just a you're you're out there playing and running up and down, and getting a sweat and doing that. You're playing hard. You're just not playing hard enough or smart enough to to win the game. And you got to do that more times than not, or you'll lose a lot of games. Fair. Uh, okay, so game ball wise, Trace Jackson Davis leads with four. Malik Renew, Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, Miller Cop all have one. As far as Hoosier Hustle Award, Xavier Johnson has taken the lead with three. Jordan Geronimo has two. CJ Gunn, Race Thompson, Trey Galloway all have one. Uh, it's time for lingering questions, gentlemen. We'll look at the chat mob and get one from there. My lingering question is. Two of our three most important players now have had back issues early in the season. Trace Jackson Davis dealt with back issues. Um Jalen Hutchifino misses today with back spasms. That's a bit of a concern. I mean, yeah, you know, back we don't injuries are not fun. So. No, we don't know what the extent of, of Jalen's is. And certainly this isn't good timing for it with, you know, two marquee games coming up in the next, you know, 14 days uh, against Kansas and Arizona. Um, you know, and, and again, I'm sure that they're unrelated. I'm not trying to suggest that there's, you know, something systemic going on with strength and conditioning that is leaving us vulnerable to back issues. Uh, but it is a very unfortunate coincidence this early in the season that those two guys in particular are dealing with back issues. 
Um, I don't really know what to say beyond that, but it is certainly probably the biggest lingering question in this program because you're going to need Jalen and Trace Jackson Davis healthy to beat the good teams on your schedule. And Trace has been hobbled, and obviously Jalen missed today. So, And, you know, as Mike says in the chat, and they mentioned on the broadcast, Jalen has had a history uh, of back issues. So hopefully that's something that doesn't linger. Um, other lingering questions. Did you guys see anything in the chat? I know there was one about uh, rebounding. Um, you know, coach, when you look at the, at the rebounding issues, cause it is something that we talked about earlier this season and it can get swept on the, under the rug kind of quickly when you're still out rebounding teams that you're more athletic than and you're winning games anyway. Um, and obviously Indiana's going to go back and do some blockout drills. I mean, I think this team just has a fundamental issue with rebounding. I just don't think they have very good rebounding fundamentals. They stare at the ball instead of finding a man. Uh, and sometimes they wait for the other guy to get it. And so they don't attack the rebounds. I actually think our guards have some of our best rebounding fundamentals of anybody. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not like, I mean, race Thompson's rebounding. He did not used to be this passive of a rebounder, you know, so it's an issue. I think it was highlighted today by Rutgers. Not every team will be able to take advantage of it like they can, but I kind of almost feel to a certain extent, this team needs to go back to the drawing board on the glass because it's been an issue. Yeah. It, it, I think sometimes you you trust a guy who's athletic like Trace Jackson Davis to go dominate on the boards, and so you're a half a second slow to react because you just assume he's going to get it. That's one issue. We do send a lot of uh, hunting to block shots. That's part of Woodson's philosophy of rim yeah. protection. Uh, Tony Adrani and I talked about the need to crack down on that weak side, and guards need to go block out uh, when the post guy does leave. So some of it is that. Uh, I thought our guards have been getting decent numbers of rebounds throughout the season. Uh, and you saw Galloway got five tonight. Uh, but, the you know, and, and this is a Miller Cop night too, but Miller Cop's not a rebounder. So you have your small forward who's not a rebounder, which that can be used. Um, and I think maybe Pico, I don't know who – who was responsible for guarding McConnell most of the time at the start when he went off for four or five rebounds there. Yeah. Uh, but, but obviously whoever it was, isn't good at blocking out. And, and Pico said, you're going to go crash. And, and then I think they crashed from the two and the three really, really hard. So those guards got to block out. A lot of times guards just go clean up. They don't physically block out. You know, you mentioned, uh, so you mentioned it's cop. a combination of that. That needs to be, needs to be looked at. You mentioned Cop, and he's not a prolific rebounder, in part because he's just not very quick and can't jump. He's had two of the most impressive rebounds on this team the last two games. He had one today. It was 45-37. Tamar missed that long three-pointer, and he just went up and attacked it and grabbed the ball. You know, And that's the thing that guys were not doing early on. It was just very passive rebounding. You can't be passive They're, on the glass. You know, like Letting They're, the ball come to them instead of going up and yeah, snatching you just it. Gotta go they did get go up, it. they didn't grip it hard and got it knocked out. I mean, it happened repeatedly. The, Art of blocking out is lost in the college game, too, which is something that saddens this old guy, too. It's more turn and go get than the traditional block someone out eight feet, let the ball hit. You know, we had a, a rebound in film the other day where it hit twice. That's nice where Tamar had a nice block out. But those are far and few, uh, you know, between when you watch any college game. It's usually just kind of kind of touch your guy and then go leap up above the rim because the game is so much above the rim that that's, that's the rebounding. And – Good coaches can take advantage of that by teaching offensive rebounding. If guys aren't going to physically contact you, go where they're not and then attack the offensive rim. But I know coaches talk about that in our clinics too. It's just touch and go, touch and go, touch and go. It's not put your rear end on someone and 
push them back and then go anymore. So the block out, box out, whatever you want to call it, yeah. is a lost art in the college game. Could you, if this performance had been delivered by the West Lafayette Red Devils in 1998 or 1999, I can <laughs> promise you the rebounding drills Coach Wood would have doing. He was competitive about that stuff, man, and it was all about like you got to go put a butt into somebody. Don't just attack well, the ball. You got to yeah. put a butt into somebody. The game evolves, and there's a lot of good new stuff in the game, but there's some old stuff that needs to be brought back. But right now, the way in, in a lot of coaches, they don't want to do physical blockout drills because it's load management. Uh, you, you, it's like you, we used to do the circle dive for the loose load ball management. in the middle and have everyone crack their heads trying to get loose balls to toughen guys up. But, you know, with, with these million-dollar contracts and everything, you, you don't want Trace Jackson Davis diving for a loose ball in the middle of a circle just to make sure that he's playing tough anymore. And, and you, you know, I, I'm not that old man, get off my lawn kind of stuff sometimes, but the, the art of shooting has gone to dribbling. You know, the art of blocking out has gone go above the rim and grab it. And, and at times, you know, you, you see – that's why Gonzaga's struggling right now and, and Duke and North Carolina because they just try to out-athlete someone. And when you get a good X and O with fundamentals team to play well, they can beat you. Uh, yep. if you're more talented. And that's kind of what happened tonight. All right. <clears throat> well, let's look ahead. Uh, Indiana will have a get-right spot against Nebraska at home. Uh, Nebraska, better than they've been. They're actually in the top 100 in Ken Palm. I don't know much about them. Coach, do you have a 30-second Nebraska scouting report since Andy's not here? I know they haven't yeah, they beat got... anybody ranked higher than 133 this season. I, I don't really seriously, other than they probably have 11 transfers and, and two guys that didn't play last year. And, and <laughs> you know, I mean, they I don't recognize anybody that, on their roster that I'm looking uh, at overturning right their roster. Right. Um, here's the thing that um, they do well, though. They spread you out and they, they have played a lot of five out uh, pass and follow ball screening and cutting. Last year too. Yeah. Which is tough defensively, especially when you have two bigs. So Nebraska always worries me, always worries me because of how they try to space the floor and bring the bigs up away and run a lot of those, uh, those pro, you know, actions, um, that, that the coach brought has brought with them. Um, so that, that's the concern. They, they get some shots at the rim and then they kick out if you help and then they hit some threes. And if you get, they get hot, then it could be a surprise. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they're playing, size or not playing size but in the back in the past it's been four smaller dudes around a big uh so you know obviously we'll have to see well today's performance did bring some sanity back to our ken palm rankings uh we are still a top 15 ken palm team 11th defensively 11th offense drops to 27th which actually feels i mean that's still a massive improvement over last season and feels a little closer to reality than the somewhat inflated uh, offensive number that we had entering this game but as ryan carraza from inside the hall tweeted out during the game this was the first really good defense indiana played and indiana's offense did not have enough answers against it um, and so we talked a lot about, hey, if this, you know, you could be top 25 in offense and defense, you're an elite team. Well, now this was a reality check for Indiana. They're no longer in the top 25 in both of them, but the offense is kind of sitting right there. What kind of answers do we have now against better defenses? I think that's the thing coming out of this game. It's very disappointing, but it's a long season. You were going to lose games, losing at Rutgers. This isn't a game that's going to be a stain on your NCAA tournament resume. So this loss feels worse in the moment than it's going to feel a month from now. And I get why we're all disappointed about it, but that's why 
probably shouldn't overreact to it if the team is able to learn some lessons from it and get better from it. That's what needs to happen. And obviously that remains to be seen. But, you know, we'll see see what they can do moving forward against Nebraska and then obviously the two big games following that. Uh, all right. Well, it's time to wrap up here. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Gentlemen, it is time for last call, Ryan. Tough, tough sports weekend for you. Like you, you really probably need to go on, sleep this one off. Really tonight. took it on the chin this weekend. USC <laughs> out toughed against Utah. USA out toughed against the Netherlands, and then oh, history repeated itself. Indiana smacked around by Rutgers. Uh, uh, so you know, pour one out for me tonight, guys. Appreciate it. Um, you still live I, in San Diego. It's true. Yeah, it's almost dark already, though. I uh, can't really go do anything. San Diego the- chicken. I've been in front of a TV, it feels like, for the last 24 hours, um, <laughs> watching my teams just fail. Uh, so what I'll say is I thought this was a really big chance. I know it's Rutgers, and we we try not to think of Rutgers as you know a big test all the time, but they are for Indiana, and they have been for Indiana. And this was a big chance for the program to take a step forward, come off a big hyped win, yep. and follow it up with success on the road in a tough environment. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. They, and in fact, as you guys have, have so well, you know, said it wasn't that they lost, it was how they lost and they just didn't get off the bus guys. And it's, and it's sad to watch because this team has so much potential when they're actually focused and have a plan and attack. They really are good. This could be a great basketball team. They play like today, they're going to end up 500 in the big 10. Now I don't expect that to happen, but this was, you know, a performance that makes you pause on what you really believe about this team. Uh, There was zero toughness. There was not a lot of, you know, uh, I I don't know. They were just flat footed. They didn't seem to, to want it, to want this one. And I know they did, but it's just their actions on the floor, the way they moved their facial expressions. Nobody was getting fired up. Nobody was, you know, getting the team together. Nobody was trying to pump the guys up when they were flat that needs to change, man. You cannot lose to yeah. Rutgers every single time you play them and expect to win a Big Ten title. You can't. And you can't play like this and you can't play soft like this and expect to win a Big Ten title. It's not going to happen. So this team needs to look at this and learn from this. Let the hurt from this. And, you know, again, they question their manhood and they they wilted. Let that sink in on you and, you know, do something about it next time. And so this has to be a learning experience for this team. Cause if it's not, and they just go, well, we lost on the road in a tough place to play. Let's move on. They're not going to learn the lesson and they're not going to get better. So this needs to be something, you know, a, a, a stop and think moment for this team and the coaching staff as well. Yep. Coach, let's go. Yeah. I, I'll try to calm down at some point. Uh, when I look at Marquette blowing Baylor out of the gym at Marquette, uh, and then Baylor turning around and beating Gonzaga at home. So Indiana is not the only program that sometimes has some road woes. Marquette uh, is an okay Big East team. And then Marquette turns around and loses to Wisconsin, I believe, or is in overtime the last time I saw it. I, I don't know the, the final exactly. But the game of basketball goes up and down, and it has a lot to do with that intentional focus and preparation. Indiana was not prepared for what Peichel and, and Rutgers had. They didn't react to it on the court or in the, on the coaching staff, and that's going to happen when you lose. Uh, and and that's, you know, in 31 games, 
uh, you're going to have, you know, maybe three or four of these. The key is not to string these together. Don't come back and now get upset at home, then go out and get beat in Vegas, and next thing you know, you're like North Carolina where you've lost three, maybe four uh, in a row, and your season starts tumbling with veteran players. Uh, disappointing. Really no excuse for how they played, to be honest with you. Uh, there was every excuse to be better. And if it was a two-point loss, a buzzer beater, or something that Rutgers has pulled a lot on good quality teams, and you played okay, maybe then then we feel a little bit better. But it was just miserable basketball offensively and miserable effort closing out defensive possessions when you work so hard. That is disappointing. This is a disappointing loss, not a season-ending loss. And, and the good thing is uh, Wednesday you get right back at it at home, get yourself a win, and then if you go out and learn those lessons, as Ryan was talking about, and you get another third big non-conference win against Arizona, who just got punked on the road by Utah by 18. Like Arizona just lost – uh, by 18. So their yeah. fans are saying, there's no way we're going to beat Indiana with that kind of performance. So road performances where teams get punked, it happens. I'm Utah's not going to like it. I'm not going to accept it, but it happens. Yeah, Utah really punking people this week. I know firsthand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, they are. By the way, uh, Ryan, I just wanted to point out, I saw a tweet from uh, noted football analyst Robert Griffin Jr. that said, quote, at this point, Michael Penix Jr. could win the Heisman. No, he's not so, going to win the Heisman. Just think he's, that's not a, a, he's, he's not on any of the boards to win the Heisman. Here, here's he why. Should be. And I, I was he should arguing be. with somebody. I was arguing with somebody last night. Caleb Williams accounted for 47 touchdowns this year. Michael Penix, 31. It's not close. He should be there though. He should be in New York. Um, had he not lost to three and nine Arizona State, I would agree with you. But mm. they lost a they lost a couple of really bad games. So I, I love Penix. I'm just desperately trying to salvage all of my Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman talk before last season. It is a little bit validating to see him in a functional offense and see him doing this. Yes. Sorry, I just wanted to take my mind off the Rutgers game for a moment there. Um, now you guys are all right. I think you know. Look, the, the great part about this show, we can come on here, we can rant, we can rave, we can get the emotions out. And I think right now is the time for us as fans, let's flush this one and let's move forward. I mean, look, all of the bad feelings are going to come up the next time we play Rutgers, whenever that is, because, you know, Mike Woodson has gotten a lot of monkeys off the back of this program. He beat Purdue. He beat Michigan. He beat Illinois. He did some things in the Big Ten tournament. Got to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> one damn thing. The two damn things that haven't happened yet is win at Wisconsin and beat Rutgers. So we have a couple stupid streaks going, uh, but they're going for reasons because those two programs in particular – have been the best position to take advantage of the kind of basketball Indiana has played over the last decade, which too often has been not tough enough, not paying attention to the little details that help you win basketball games and the ability to make adjustments on the road. Um, I do think Indiana's ability to adjust would have been better if Jalen Huchofino was playing, but that doesn't change the fact that Indiana didn't bring the fight that it needed to beat a team like Rutgers, because you know that's what they're going to bring. This was not a surprise. If it was a surprise... That is the biggest failure of leadership I've seen. I don't think that's the case. I think all these players knew what was going to happen. But, you know, again, my parents were over. My mom's like, how does this happen? It's like, well, I mean, number one, this is what happens in Indiana every time they play Rutgers. But number two, you know, the emotions of, of college athletics can really swing wildly from one game to the next. And so, Coach, to your point, Indiana, you know, this just they, this can't become a trend. This needs to be an isolated, bad 40 minutes in Piscataway that, 
you know, become a distant memory after we beat Nebraska. And no matter what the results of the Arizona and Kansas game are, play good basketball in those two games. You know, that's what's important now. So I still think there's a lot of reasons to believe in this team, obviously, you know, and they played this without one of their most important players. Uh, but this was a reality check uh, for Indiana. And hopefully they get the message and come out and respond well uh, and are ready to uh, to learn the lessons that need to be learned from a very, very disappointing performance uh, at Rutgers. All right, that'll do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, of course, for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you Wednesday night after IU Nebraska. Until then. Take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mr. Stun Sony. <sighs> very, very disappointing game. Yeah. Yeah. Not gonna be it just fun, opens up fun. a lot of the lot of the narratives that have been worried about in the off season in the previous season, even though we're happy with the you know, the overall direction of the program. Ninety fifth in Ken Palm adjusted offense last year. This game brought us down to 27. When we start playing a lot of teams that defend, where's that number going to end up? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And we got everyone back and two talented freshmen. Like, if it goes south, then 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 there's some serious questions about what we're doing offensively, uh, even with veterans and and, and all of that. Uh, it's one thing to to beat Jackson State and those guys and a North Carolina team that was playing hero ball themselves and played into our hands, but uh, we got spanked by a team effort. Uh, a team Rutgers that didn't play well it. offensively. Just well, what if it. they played well offensively? Like, oh, it would have been a Some teams have better offense, mm-hmm. and we get beat by fifteen. I do think I mean, this that, is the that, best. I do think this is the the toughest matchup that Indiana faces all year. Defense as far as offense versus defense, just because of their length, athleticism, and the way they play. Uh, but and the way they're coached, and the way yeah, I mean that was kind of implied with the way they play, but uh, like. That doesn't mean that there won't be other really good defenses that could do the same thing, you know? And like Coach said, what if you faced a good offense today? I mean, because Rutgers was, I mean, statistically, Rutgers was bad offensively. And they Mm -hmm. still won by how much? I mean, was it 15? 15. 15. Yeah. I mean, you know. They, kudos to them because they they survived a bad offensive performance to dominate. I mean, they dominated and played terribly on offense. I mean, not terribly, but bad on offense. So, yeah, it's that's scary. This is a scary loss. It just makes you reconsider a lot of things. And you were hoping that coming off the North Carolina loss, you could build off of it and do something you haven't done and win at the rack. And they just, oh, man. Well, we haven't played this bad there either, have we? We've had some close losses. I mean, they've had bad you know, games that get behind, yeah. and like they've had right. a number of games there that felt like they have no chance to win. Don't no matter how close it is, they have no chance to win. There like have been tonight. a number of games. Exactly, it's a familiar feeling being at that arena and watching them just have no shot. Um, but there have been closer games, certainly. Uh, but you can just you can sense it with some of these guys when they they're, when they're not going to they're not going to be able to do it. And I, I thought from the opening tip tonight, it was like, they're not going to win this game. 
There's no chance. Unless something dramatically changes, there's no chance. I, even, I thought when we took the lead in the second half, I thought I believed in this team enough that they yeah. had found it at halftime and that they were – and then until that, obviously that run that you talked about, Jared, when it went to – once it hit 45-37, I, I lost over. confidence. No, the over, reason why I didn't opinion. think that that was going to be – that they were going to take it is because the way they found those baskets – wasn't through they were doing something new or they found something. That's a good it was point. Just, the balls just, they wound up getting open shots because Rutgers overhelped or Rutgers. It was the same thing we were running. Rutgers just misplayed it to get those open shots. And that, you know, I think Miller had one, Xavier had one, and they were out of exactly what we were running. It's not like we found a way to isolate TJD one-on-one and get him to get involved and get more points or something like that. It just felt like it was the same thing we were running. Rutgers just had a lull. And and that's why I didn't think they had a chance. I, I just you know, know. there there's a couple comments uh, when we went in the last segment. Finally went over and looked at the chat. There's just some things you can do with TJD. You know that UCLA set, sent a guard through back screen. They do some of that. They didn't run that one time today to run a guard under the basket. They didn't run any of the floppy action where they dive the guards down and then uh, pin screen on both sides, throw it yep. to race at the top and run action. Uh, they did none of that uh, that they've done in the past. That's no. that's where I was shocked. Um, you know, only one time did they do the little dribble weave and, and just to move the defense uh, yeah. off of their their mark. They were just either feeding the post and standing, or middle ball screen, or the guard just would bring it up and dribble and do nothing, or dribble up and drive again. And that goes back to where I let the point guard call the plays. And I didn't even know what uh, we were calling unless I called something. Well, there are games like tonight where you got to call about 90% of the stuff and empty out some of your plays uh, and have that ready. Um, that It just drives me nuts. But <laughs> I got to get out of here. I'm having a bad At least you try then. I mean, I, I got to go make some dinner. Yeah. I got to go Do put some cereal. It's not cereal either. I'm going to go watch like a heavy drama. Then it'll give me a break from all this sports stuff. <laughs> don't you need like a comedy or something? Any, like, my point laugh? was any, my point was anything. I'll watch the okay. saddest movie ever. It'll be, it'll be, I'll be joyful compared to this. <laughs> the notebook. Right. I've never seen the notebook. It's been a bad sports weekend for Ryan. It's been everybody. a real bad sports weekend. Keep him in your thoughts and your prayers. Yeah. It's rough. Just sit outside. Going to the Cotton Bowl, boys. It'll be great. Going to face Tulane in the Hey, are you going to come? Are you no, going to come to Big I, D? I, I, I would. You know, if it were if it were a playoff game, I'd go if it was in Dallas, but it, I'm not going to go for the Cotton Bowl. Fine. Sorry, well, man. if you want to come, you've got way. a place to stay. All right. Come hang out I'll with us. Know. All right. All right. Later, guys. Bye, everybody. See you all.